Veterans Voice is a show that connects veterans and active members of the military to qualified guests who help you find programs and benefits you qualify for and discuss housing, education, career training, and other topical matters. Every show addresses issues that affect your life. Call in and share your experience. 781-837-4900. Welcome, 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 everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veteran Voice Radio, here on a kind of a continuation of last week's show. Last week, we had uh, uh, Dave uh, on from 22 Mohawk, and uh, uh, the 22, unfortunately, stands for the uh, number of veterans that uh, uh, have been taking their lives by suicide, and that number we can talk about, we can debate is is maybe a little bit low or very low. But uh, uh, tonight we're going to continue that uh, program. Uh, uh, that 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 the problem uh, of uh, of suicide, and we've got uh, a, a full house. Uh, Justin Latini back from uh, Florida. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. National convention for VVA. Uh, we were. Uh, 776 delegates uh, strong this year. So. Very nice, very nice. We'll uh, have you talk about that later sure, on yeah, and what absolutely. went on down there. Uh, uh, scanning the audience, Keith German. Hey, great to be here, Greg. Thanks for having me. N- nice to see you. Uh, for for the audience that might know, uh, Keith's been a VSO for just about almost 14 years now. For, very nice, and a chief petty officer retired. That's correct. Thank you for your service, I, Keith. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and. Uh, Just saying, nothing personal. I understand. I understand. Uh, we, we have to pay his dog to hang out with him, is from what I understand. Uh, uh, and uh, then we've got Jenny Babcock over here trying to keep us sane. Uh, <laughs> that trying. doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Sullivan says uh, we're, we're a bit rough. <laughs> a little rough around the edges. Uh, that's what we get for uh, me and Wolfie never going to school. and Unscarred uh, by education. Unscarred. Yes, we are. But uh, tonight we're going we're gonna to talk about a particular program that uh, uh, Keith had a, uh, a, a, a very uh, a wonderful uh, day uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a, a presentation to the uh, uh, Matrika family. A, Patrika. Patrika, yeah. Pat- Matt Patrika, uh, unfortunately, was a Hingham uh, veteran that uh, took his life by suicide. And uh, um, we, we had a, a, a dedication to him. Keith, was it his one-year anniversary? Yeah, that's correct. So um, a group out of New York uh, came down, which was uh, the SAR team. And SAR stands for Suicide Awareness and Remembrance and they have a flag that they have um, made that they're trying to get flown all over the country. But uh, I'll let the president, when he comes on, talk to that a little bit more. But what they do is they go around. If you have a, a service uh, man or woman who has uh, not been able to navigate the system quite well, maybe has suffered from one of the invisible wounds of war and end up taking their own life, uh, this organization wants to remember them as part of the fallen, for which they are, right? So those mm-hmm. things that we can't see were going on inside them that 
eventually took their life, and they take their own lives at a staggering amount. Like you said, it seems to be about 22 a day is the national average at its peak. And on the one-year anniversary, uh, Sergeant Matthew P. Partica um, was family, so their Gold Star parents in the state of Massachusetts were uh, presented with a SAR flag from this team. It was a little bit of a uh, fanfare and, and uh, ceremonial presentation with it. Taps, rifle salute, our usual you know, military yep. fanfare. It's beautiful. There was over 100 people in attendance down at the Hingham Harbor. Uh, the family was, was completely overwhelmed, as you could imagine. Were, were they, Keith? Yeah, they, they, um, you know, they can't even believe that they're uh, Gold Star parents. Sure. So... Um, that in alone is is tough for them to swallow and in this going into their first year um, they have now made it their mission to to try to combat this suicide and help us uh, break this stigma break this this tide of mental health issues within the military and the veterans culture and uh, they're all in you know they uh, they actually when they printed Matthew's uh, obituary put that he died by suicide and I can't tell you how many radio so stations, how many TV stations, Channel 4, Channel 5, called me and said, is this a mistake? Is this how they want this reported? And I said, absolutely is. Well, why do you think that is? And I says, because we're trying to end that. And the more you hide it, the more you don't talk about it, the more this will happen. Correct. And, and Jenny, what, what do you think about that stigma of, uh, of, of not reporting and, and some folks being very private and some folks... Not so. The, the, the other right. the other way of the pendulum. And that's, you know, like Keith says, that's what we need to break. We need to break that stigma. And it is, I have even seen more common, people are putting it in the obituaries. And I hate to use the word amazing, but when I see it, it's like, I'm glad it's there instead of hiding it. And I know those adjectives really aren't, I guess good when we're talking about a obituary, but it's so important to talk about it. And we Jenny, need to for end the, for the few humans on Earth that haven't heard of you. What is your role on? Why are you here? So I chair the I'm co-chair the Plymouth County Suicide Prevention Coalition, and I sit on the executive board for the Mass Coalition for Suicide Prevention. So, and and you you really give us all the credibility. Uh, 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 for the for the show, we want to thank you for that, and thank you, thank you, and your group for the input. Because uh, uh, oh, yes. certainly, if uh, you let us talk about it, and, well, we might say some things. But uh, no, we're very fortunate in Plymouth County to have her and, and all the courses that they put forth. Uh, several of which I've attended. This is not a uh, veteran-centric condition. This is no. a nationwide epidemic. You don't have to be a veteran. Or have been in the military to take your own life. It's just that they take their lives at a staggering twice as much as the general population, and they make up about 12% of that. So that number alone is staggering. And Justin, unfortunately, it's the it's the Vietnam it's the Vietnam veterans, the elder veterans that are taking their lives. And I I, I think Jenny was saying that that's the leading numbers of percentage of veterans that are taking their lives right now yeah and i think we've said this before you have veterans who now are retiring 
uh, maybe loss of a spouse, and therefore now those demons now have time to to get creep in there before it was work, family, uh, staying busy, you know, that pushing it down, pushing it down. And now that that time has come where you've lost a spouse or you've lost those friends around you, um, veterans are feeling that, you know, uh, they're not. And for Vietnam veterans, hopefully we've learned from the generations before us, the, the Korean and, and World War II veterans who didn't speak about it. And we're the first generation of veterans to openly talk about PTSD. And you were kind, and you were kind of questioned about that, weren't you? That all oh, of a yeah. sudden you started talking about it? Well, yeah, at first it was like, well, it's an excuse. Yeah. You know, uh, whether it was for drug addiction or alcoholism or divorce or whatever the, 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 they looked at it as, well, that's just an excuse because of a failure and, and not understanding the ramifications of PTSD. And so our generation... And the difference in that type of war. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was the first war... Right that there was no front lines. Right, and it was the first war on TV. Sure. And so there was a, a pushback, and we were able to push through that, and, and as the younger veterans who came after us, have uh, always thanked us, if it wasn't for you, you know, we wouldn't have the parades or recognition, but also if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be able to talk about PTSD. It would be another generation lost to suicide because no one wanted to talk about it. Sure. And so... Like I said, I just came back from our national convention, and, and that's another stress we tell them. Just because you're in your 70s, it doesn't mean that those demons aren't coming. Sure. So um, They can come back. Absolutely. They can come back, especially sure. if all of a sudden you're left alone and yep. you don't have that constant company every day. And, and people say, well, you're old, you know, nobody's going to worry about you. It's a younger veteran who just got out that, you know, is, kill you know, is committing a suicide. And we're like, no, it, it's our generation. That's that's pushing those numbers as well. Unfortunately, so unfortunately. Hey, I'm I'm we're we're of the age, uh, Justin. That look at how many of our friends and oh, rel yeah. relatives are, are passing. Uh, uh, just Monday, I, I buried buried um, the person that I've known for more years of my life than anybody on earth. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's gone. Right. And it's and now what? Right. Now what? Why didn't I go to an extra Patriots game right. to see him? Why it was he, he only lived in Palmer. It wasn't like it was in the Pittsburgh, you know? And that's that that's that sense of loss. Yeah, for sure. And again, it's it, it more of an impact maybe at this point of our lives. I've never I've never in my life collected so many mass cards when you go to the funeral parlor and you pick up a mass card. I and I'm, I'm now saving them and I have them displayed. And it's Bobby Cole, Bobby Haley, you know the the whatever the people that I've just I've just lost. It's like doctor visits. <laughs> it, it is. You know, they just yeah. It's just like every day or every week you're getting a phone call. I mean, we're doing a funeral Monday. Uh, you know, an Air Force uh, Vietnam vet. Uh, so it's just like every week uh, we're getting names across our desk, and uh, it, it's it's just part of our, our generation. Keith, is a VSO. Are you seeing an older veteran population within the town of Hingham? Uh, not, not. I can't say specifically in the town of Hingham, but I, the statistic for Massachusetts is 1.35 veterans die per week. And, and just like he said, it is the 75 or older population that is more at risk. They're, they're right. taking their lives at an increased rate. 
um, because that's you know the maximum age you're going to work probably right so sure. you're, you're going to drop your thing all of a sudden that war comes up and then you hadn't thought about that in 50 years and there it is right in front of you every day and when you're watching uh, the TV you see Ukraine you see you know re- reruns of, of, of Afghanistan withdrawal things like that and that's all that's all happening right there in front of their faces and that statistic too says that more than half of them who do it aren't connected with the VA at all. No. Oh, so that's another staggering number. Another, wow. That, that, that is a, that's a horrible number that unfortunately speaks to the lack of VA support anyways, Keith. That, right. that you know, we've been twisting arms. Me and Wolfie have been creating freaking... For years. Y- you know, years. festivals and music thons and anything else we can think of to trick them into coming in and just getting what you earned. Right. You deserve it. Just you, you, you. Mm. Anyways, at this point, we have uh, the president of SAR on the line, but uh, um, uh, Timmy, why don't we take our break now and we're going to come back with uh, Kevin Hertel to talk uh, more about SAR and uh, the history of SAR and where it is today and where it's going tomorrow. Take us away here, Tim. We'll be back after these messages. Two days past 18, he was waiting for the bus and his army green sat down in a booth cafe there gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair he's a little shy so she give him a smile and he said would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me i'm feeling a little low she said i'm off in an hour and i know where we can go welcome 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 back everybody greg brasso uh your host of veterans voice radio here uh as we're talking about uh, the everlasting problem of uh, veteran suicide. And uh, uh, we've got in, in studio here, we've got Jenny Babcock, we've got Keith German, and uh, on the line we've got a very special guest, uh, Kevin Hurdle. Kevin, are you out there? Yes, sir. How you doing, Greg? Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm very well. How are you feeling tonight? Uh, you know, I'm just coming off of being sick, so if I uh, start coughing, I'll just mute it while I get that out, and hopefully that doesn't happen much. Not, not, not to worry. Not to worry. I, I, I think your friend uh, Keith German is here. You want to, Keith? You want to say hello to Kevin? Hey, Kevin. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm feeling better, thanks, Keith. How you doing? Good, thank you. Good to have you. We're uh, we're getting deep into this uh, this issue, and I think that you can uh, really do it justice by explaining why why you even began this. I would be happy to. You're all set there, 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 Kevin. Take it away. Okay, uh, I'll just give you a brief history on who I am and where I'm from. My name is Kevin W. Hertel. Um, I'm originally born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. I come from a military family where my grandfather served during World War II as a, a pilot. Part of the 8th Air Force, 448, flew out of uh, Lakenheath, um, I believe it was bomb Germany. Um, my father's side is German, so he actually bombed some of our relatives, which is terrible, but that's war. And uh, then he served in the Korean War, where he was a fighter pilot, and then they asked him to go to Vietnam, and he had enough time to respectfully decline. And then my uncle served uh, during Desert Storm, and then I served uh, during 9-11 as an F-16 crew chief. Thank you for so, your service, Kevin. We appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Definitely wasn't easy. 
No, I'm I'm sure, but uh, thank you for your whole family so you understand uh, uh, what it takes to be uh, uh, um, a part of the military and you understand the pressures and now uh, uh, you're you're aiming at uh, those uh, that unfortunately uh, have decided that uh, they they need to take their lives. How are you looking to remember them, Kevin? Well, uh, first, I I, I just want to say... For me personally, I don't think it's really a decision. I think it's the last resort to end pain or suffering that, uh, you know, you you're, you get into a mental health crisis, and that's the last resort. And, and I don't think it's much of a decision because we all have that um, instinct within us to survive. So to go against that, there's something wrong. But we can talk more about that later. And so I just wanted to tell you how I got to be uh, with SAR and how it came about. And so when I got out of the military, I had a lot of, I had a hard time uh, reacclimating to civilian life, which I believe a lot of us veterans do. It took me about three years to get used to being a civilian again, but I kind of kept to myself. And I, went, I was using the GI Bill going to college, and there was a little bit of stigma of being a veteran uh, going, going to college because, you know, you walk tall, you walk straight, you have a short haircut, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And that kind of sticks out when you're among civilians. And so people, kind of looked at you a little weird, a little different. So that was a little hard. And so I kind of became a recluse because of that. And I, I didn't really know about any veteran service organizations. And I kind of just stuck to myself. And I didn't really hang around any other veterans. And, you know, if I had to do it over again, if I knew more, I would have done it a lot differently. But anyway, fast forward to 2016. And my cousin, Senior Airman Robert Dean, he's actually my cousin by marriage. My cousin Katie is my blood cousin. And uh, I'm not very close with that side of the family, not because I don't want to be, but it's a long story. And so I felt like knowing that Robert was an Air Force veteran, I always felt like, oh, that's my end because I love family. I love spending time with family. This this is something that, uh, or a person that can bring us together. And then in 2016, he died. And he died by suicide. Oh. And so um, uh-huh. it, it was uh, shocking for the family and for me and for everyone uh, involved, especially my cousin and her parents. And the way in which she died, and it was horrible, which I'm not gonna get into right now. Um, but it was at that time, I found out about the 22 a day. And I didn't know, because like I said, I was just kind of keeping myself and I was a recluse. Yep. And, and, and I didn't understand why this was happening. 22 of our brothers and sisters each and every day. That, that just seems mind boggling to me. So it was just, I felt embarrassed and ashamed that I didn't know about it. So I wanted to see why this was happening. So I started reading and researching and just getting everything I could get my hands on from VA numbers. And then I would look at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I would look at state numbers, local numbers. I would talk to people and I tried to figure out why this was happening to our veterans and military and then what I could do about it. Cause I felt like these are my brothers and sisters and I felt compelled to do something about it because there's no reason why this should be happening. So in my research, which started out as days and then turned to weeks and then months and then years, uh, I found out that there are awareness campaigns across the country, uh, yet the suicide persists. I found out that there are so many resources available for prevention and intervention and postvention and for the families and all this stuff. Yet these suicides persist. I found out there are campaigns like the Buddy Check, where you, where American Leisure or other VSOs will call people, they'll check in on veterans. Yet the suicide persists. Yeah. And 
And all my research, I kept coming back to the fact and, and my own experience and how we were trained in the military to downplay, to dismiss, to diminish. And in the Air Force, we had a core value, service before self. I remember after 9-11, I had a panic attack, and I didn't know that's what it was called. I called flight medicine, and I explained my symptoms, and they said, look, uh, it sounds like you have a panic attack. Get back to work. I said, what is a panic attack? I feel like I'm going to die. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, you're fine. Just get back to work. Yeah. So that's how it was treated since, since go. And so when you treat it that way, it becomes problematic, and it could lead to a crisis, which leads to death. And the worst part of this is that it's preventable. According to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, most, if not all, suicides are preventable. So I kept coming back to the stigma. Why do we treat it this way? Why do, if you say the word suicide, people become uncomfortable. It's almost how cancer used to be perceived before the awareness campaign with the ribbons and the former first lady and everything. And so I, I, I thought, how do I break this stigma? How can we talk about it? How, how can we, and you know, in the military, it varies by branch, but for Air Force and for me and when I served, suicide prevention was a briefing that you attended by people that you could not relate to, whether they were mental health care professionals or whomever, and you just felt like you wanted to get through this and check the box, and, and that would suffice, which is not even encroaching on sufficient for mental health or prevention and et cetera. And so I thought, how can I break the stigma? How, how can we talk about it? We needed a tangible symbol. So I decided we needed a symbol. So what is it gonna be? And so I, I, I decided we gotta have a flag. I looked at, there's a lot of great flags that are out there, but none of them, as far as I know, were in, um, created by a veteran or a military member. Uh, none of them, uh, I thought, were doing the job of what it needed to be doing, which is what I, I, I thought about the SAR flag. And it changed so many times. It took me a year to create what is now the Suicide Awareness and Remembrance flag. And I, I researched every flag image I could get my hands on from Boy Scouts and Army. By the way, Army has a lot of Latin phrases and sayings. I didn't know that, but that's pretty cool. Uh, and Navy, fire departments, police. I looked at everything, and I kept coming back to two images, two flags. The POW flag for its timeless imagery and origin story. And if you don't know about the origin story of the POW flag, go to powfamilies.org and check it out. It's a very interesting. And uh, it started with a POW widow. The flag was designed by a World War II veteran. He incorporated an image of his son during Vietnam. It's a very interesting story. I don't want to uh, go into that, but I kept coming back to that image. And I kept coming back to the gold star flag. And a lot of people, especially now in this modern era of post-9-11 veterans, they don't really know uh, the POW flag like older generations did. They're not really familiar with the gold. More are familiar with gold star flag and, and what it is to be a gold star family, but not so much the image and not so much with the POW, and I thought that was unfortunate. And so I wanted to pay homage to the POW flag and to the gold star flag and incorporate those images. And <clears throat> by the way, if you go to sarflag.org and you look at our website, the, the recommended way to fly the SAR flag is uh, the American flag, the POW flag, and, and the SAR flag, because we don't want to ever forget POW, MIA, uh, missing in action, prisons of war. And just by comparison, so people know, POW, MIA since World War II is roughly 82,000. And just since 9-11, uh, those who have died by suicide is over 100,000. That's just since 2001. So there's no reason um, we can't have the SAR flag have it become a, uh, um, an official flag of the United States, but I'll get to that in a minute. 
And so I spent a year creating this image and has a lot of symbolism and meaning, and I wanted it to be timeless like the POW flag. As a matter of fact, the veteran uh, on the flag, which represents all those veterans and military who have died by suicide, it faces left to pay homage to the POW flag, which faces right. And so I incorporated the gold star, but it all has a lot of symbolism and meaning. Uh, for example, black means mourning the individual. The, uh, the gold is um, similar to the gold star. Each uh, triangle from the star represents one of the five branches of the military. Um, and then the black circle around the veteran in the middle represents the military coming together to mourn the individual. Um, the, the wreaths, the memorial wreath has 10 exposed rows, oh, I'm sorry, two exposed rows, there's two rows on each side, and there's 10 exposed on each side, and then buds at the top, which represents the 22 a day, which was the number that kind of brought this into the public's consciousness. And then it says honor the fallen, because we need to, in order to change the perception, we have to first go back and honor and forever remember all those who have died by suicide, because right now, my cousin included, if you die by suicide as a military or veteran, it's almost like you are dishonorably discharged because of the way in which you died, which is terrible. Because as we know, uh, what was it, for? I think 14% or roughly around then served of the population served during World War II. Take that down to about 4% uh, around uh, Vietnam. And in the last 20 or 30 years, I think it's less than 1% served yep. our country now. Yep. And so these people have distinguished themselves with their service to our country. And uh, I had a, my, my TI, which I think others called drill sergeants or whatever, but in TI and Air Force, I remember he said, you know, once you graduate, you earn your citizenship. We've, we've distinguished ourselves through our service, and because of the way in which they died, they're ignored and forgotten, which isn't right. So the way we, the SAR flag to me is a tangible symbol of hope to living veterans and military, to let them know that they're not alone, that we're in this fight together, but it is also uh, an aid to change the perception of those who have died. And then once we change the perception and look at those differently, look at it as a mental health crisis that we failed to intervene in, and they lost their lives and their families were all affected. I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought there. It's part of this being sick, but this tangible symbol, this we have to change the perception to then work on uh, current living veterans and military. Yeah. And Kevin, so that's... that's Go ahead. With, with that, Kevin, I, I'd like to take, we, we need to take a quick break here. Why don't we, if you, would you mind staying on hold and waiting for about a minute and a no, half? And we'll come no back problem. to you. Thank you. Great, Kevin. We'll be back after these messages. Take it away, Tim. Uh, we'll be back after these messages. Well, welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio here, where talking on a very serious note about uh, remembering those uh, that have taken their lives by suicide. Uh, numbers say that uh, since 9-11, approximately 7,000 uh, U.S. servicemen uh, have been killed in battle, while uh, over 100,000 have taken their lives by suicide, which is uh, just staggering, staggering numbers. Uh, Keith, uh, you're, you're shaking your head back and forth here. It's it, it's really a, a, a terrible pox on the country, isn't it? It definitely is. And like, um, you know, a lot of good things that Kevin was putting out there, I, I initially got involved with, with their organization when we had the suicide of our active duty servicemen, uh, Marine and Hingham. And I reached out to them to see what they could do to, to help us out. Um, recently, we, we had that ceremony, which we talked about at the very beginning. 
But that also led to conversation. Like Kevin said, it's leading to a conversation that, uh, that, that it raises the public consciousness, right? So I took that before my select board and said, hey, listen, what, what are we, what are we going to do about this, right? And um, I was very fortunate that uh, they're, they're very veteran-centric anyway. We were able to have them, with Kevin's help, draft some language for having a uh, Town of Hingham Veteran Suicide Awareness and Remembrance Day which will be held on September 22nd. So as far as I know, we're the first uh, town in the Commonwealth. I was on a call recently with 250 other VSOs during our weekly debrief with the state. So that's the Executive Office of Veterans Services, which is a cabinet-level position now, as you know. And I challenge the other 250 VSOs uh, that handle the rest of the Commonwealth to bring this into their community if they've had a suicide or not. I would, be, I would be hard to believe with the numbers that you just put out, Greg, that none of them have ever been affected. So with that said, that's also led to um, some, le- some legislation that's going up before Governor Healy. And as you know, uh, Kevin mentioned as well, you know, it's almost like getting a dishonorable discharge if you, if you're, if you have uh, taken your own life and you were serving the country. Oh, and the pain. Very fortunate, oh. very fortunate here in the Commonwealth uh, the past governor uh, started the precedent of lowering the flag. We lowered that flag to half-staff because you're right, you served, you put on those boots, you toted that rifle, and what happened to you along the way happened could have happened to anybody. As we mentioned, this is not a veteran or military-centric crisis. This is a crisis for our whole nation. And, and you don't have to have carried a rifle to have, to have a, a, a served. Keith, how, how about if you, if you just carried a pen? Oh, or, uh, a pencil absolutely. and saw some things uh, around some things in a, in a zone that just... just Right now as we speak, there's probably two, and Kevin could probably attest to this a little bit more than I do because the Air Force handles it. I bet there's two, two uh, per- service personnel locked in a silo for the next 24 hours waiting to push the button. You tell me they don't have anxiety? I mean, come on. So that this is every day throughout the nation. <laughs> How's that, Wolfie, huh? I'm all excited hoping that I can get, like, a McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I hope that there isn't a long line. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's our daily problems, and uh, yeah. in, in here it is. So, so, Kevin, how are you progressing, and what do you see of the, of, of the future of, uh, of, of the SAR uh, 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 process? Uh, before I get to that, I just want to mention, Keith said something that reminded me. I just had a flashback of... The, after the ceremony that we had for uh, Matthew Partika, and we were in a reception hall and eating, and it brings me to uh, an answer that people ask me often in why a flag, and uh, and so I was looking around the room and I saw everybody after the ceremony, uh, which was a very good ceremony by the way, um, eating and carrying on and laughing and joking, which we all should, and it was all good, and and I saw. Maureen, Matthew's mom, kind of just looking down, and I I was in that space, and I thought, and I walked over to her, and I said, I know how you feel right now. Everybody continues on with their life, and we forget, and that's the importance of this flag, because your son Matthew will forever be remembered in this image, And, and just so you know, we're in this together, and we're working hard to make sure that no other families like ours have to endure such a tragic loss. And I could see her demeanor change a little bit and move towards a little bit of uh, togetherness. And that's why um, when I started the nonprofit that I run now, it's called, it's technically called the Veterans Suicide Awareness and Remembrance Flag Corporation. 
uh, by law to be a 501c3 federally recognized. There's whatever I have to meet the criteria. But we refer to ourselves as the SAR flag family because we're a family. And so now your question is, where are we at now and where we're going? Well, so one of the first things I did, um, we are, I took this image and copyrighted it at the Library of Congress. So that way, no, not anyone can just make it. I, I saw recently, I think I was on Facebook, some guy was making tennis shoes of military, like tennis shoes, T-shirts, a military insignia from like World War II in Vietnam. And he was from Australia, and he had a POW symbol on there. And so this guy has no ties to our military or families, and he's making money off the POW flag and other images. And he's who knows how much money he's making, and it's not going anywhere but to him. And so why is that? And so that's one of the things I first thought about. I want this image to be copyrighted so we can have the control of who makes it, and it's protected, and it's official. And so that way we can use any money that we get from this flag to support our mission to break the stigma of mental health and suicide within our warrior culture to facilitate prevention. And eventually we want to do things like scholarships for uh, the children of those uh, who are affected by this and more. But there's a lot we want to do. But right now we're in 38 states. The SAR flag is with Gold Star families, veteran service organizations, military, uh, family members, and more. I actually have a meeting with one and hopefully two congressmen next week in Washington, D.C. One is guaranteed, and the other one I'm hoping, because I, I, we're, what we want to do is have coalition legislation um, bipartisan. This affects everyone from every background. We are There's nothing political about this in any way, shape, or form. So we would like to have a Republican and a Democrat introduce this legislation and work across the aisle and remember... Uh, who we are and who, who this affects, which is everyone. And we want to be officially recognized by Congress, uh, similar to the POW flag, and have the SAR flag flying above the White House, the Capitol, every federal building to include, but not limited to, the post office, all the cemeteries. So that way, when people, I can't tell you how many times I talk to civilians, especially where they say, oh, <clears throat> oh, that suicide, 22 a day, is that still a thing? Uh, is that still a thing? You just diminished the leading cause of death for veterans and military, too. Is that still a thing? These are my brothers and my sisters, our nation's defenders. Like, are you serious? So that's one of the the roles of the multi-role tangible symbol that is the SAR flag, is to raise our continued awareness, because we still have to do this. And, and, and people, especially in the veteran community, they get upset. They say, that time is over. We don't need to raise awareness anymore. Everybody knows about it. Well, no. We need to raise it every single day because by the end of today, we're going to lose another 20 of our brothers and sisters. And, and that number times two, at least, of the family members are going to be affected by this. And that leaves a hole in the community. And where, where military and veterans work, anybody who's ever worked with a veteran knows from firsthand experience that they, we bring things to the table that our civilian counterparts don't. And so it's just a horrible loss that is preventable, and I, I hope, and we've, we have feedback, but I, and I know this, but I just, I, we're such a grassroots small organization. I wish we could be out there more, but doing this radio interview and, and, and more helps. So I really appreciate your time, and thank you for having us here. But <clears throat> well, Ke Kevin, Kevin Justin Latini, um, Vietnam veteran, uh, Secretary of the State of Massachusetts. I sit on the state board for uh, Vietnam vets. And I really encourage you to reach out to the national organizations. I would like to uh, speak with you off air. Uh, 
because you need a large organization, especially if you're going to the Hill. Uh, our yes, organization sir. was part of, uh, for 30 years, we pushed the PACT Act. We were the driving force, VVA, along with VFW and, and the other major organizations. But something like this, you really need to get um, in, in, in ground with us so that we can also push with you. Because you know Washington, it, it, it can go to a slow grind and a halt real yes, quick. Sir. And so yes, um, I'd like to extend at least an invitation to talk with you shortly and see what we can do uh, at our organization maybe to help out. Thanks. Thanks. I greatly appreciate that. We need all the help we can get, and, and the, our nation's defenders and warriors are definitely worth it, plus their families. Hey, Kevin, while I'm here, I've uh, graciously brought and will donate a SRA flag for the WATA, WATD family down here and Veterans Voice Radio. And I'm not sure you know, but this is a radio network. This is actually reaching coast to coast. So this audience now is not just a local local radio station here in Massachusetts, but it's syndicated and, and is heard throughout the nation. So hopefully by having the flag down here, uh, we can... He, these people that come in here, the guests that come in here on a Thursday night can see it, ask questions, and then carry the message forward as well. I appreciate that. And you just brought, you just reminded me something that I want to say now that I know people are listening from coast to coast. As a veteran, I know I was Air Force. You guys can all razz me later. But on our board, we have Marines. We have Navy. We have Army. We don't have Coast Guard yet, but we will. And so we know what it is to serve. And so we are leading by example. I have had mental health struggles that I have not only gotten the, the tools to survive, but to thrive and get back to being who I am, which is a veteran and a, a positive member in my community and a father and more. And so if any of you listening now hear my voice and you are struggling and you find yourself in a time or a point where you feel like death is the only way out of your situation, please let that be your signal, your mental signal that tells you you need help and don't listen to that voice and dial 988, three numbers, 988. It's like 911, 988 for mental health services. And you can speak to a crisis counselor at the Suicide Crisis Lifeline. And they have, if you're a veteran or military, you can press one and they have people that are, are trained to talk to us. They're not just mental health professionals that want to knock in the belt and that want to talk to you about your combat. They want to talk to you about what's, what's going on and help you get better. And it's confidential. You don't need to tell them anything unless you have Unless they feel that suicide is imminent or in fear of completion, then they're not going to tell anybody. And it helps to talk to someone. And believe me, because you're not alone. Please stay with us. You are worth it, and we need you. Kevin, Kevin, you know, yeah. you're, 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 I, I know, I'm just going to go lay down. Uh, is your dog in any room uh, uh, beside us? Uh, what am I doing here? Yeah. And he said it sternly, <laughs> too. Oh, I know, Kevin. I just want to fall in line. I, I want to join the veterans' voice here. Uh, you, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I want to thank you so much, Kevin, for calling in and coming on tonight. But uh, the only favor I'm going to ask is that you keep on coming on and uh, keeping, uh, keeping us abreast of the progress th that you're making or non-making. I would appreciate that, and we need all the help we can get. And if anybody, you know, anybody who's listening, please go to sarflag.org to learn more and to figure out how to support us in your local community because this is grassroots. We need veterans and military, just like the people that are listening, to carry this flag and to ask their politicians, why isn't this official? What are we doing? Because, uh, like you guys mentioned before, of those who are eligible for VA health care, less than half of them use it. 
And sure. even less than half use it for mental health services. Yeah. And the same goes for active duty military. And that's that shouldn't be like that. And we, we have to change that. And there's no we will or like we we are working on this now. We need to do this now. We need to do this together. We need to convince people, I think, Kevin, that it's okay not to feel okay. It is. It is okay. We're human. We're warriors, but we're human. And, you know, I love throughout history, I'm a student of history in various forms, but I love, like, warriors throughout history. One of my favorite warriors, I took jujitsu when I was younger, and I love the samurai. The samurai developed jujitsu. And one of the things about the samurai, and I told this to an active duty military base, Air Force base, I told this to all the leadership that would listen, but you have to be more delicate with active duty military. But anyway, I said, look, the samurai, you, you, they focused on mental health, spiritual health, and physical health, because that's how you become a more proficient warrior. Sure. So, so why doesn't sure. it make sense in the military? We should be focusing on our mental health the same as you focus on your physical health so you can be mission ready and get back to work. This is preventable. This should be talked about like going to the dentist or the doctor. It should be a non-event, and at most, it should be a point of offering, like you would offer to hold some the door for someone on the crutches. And if someone it goes and gets treatment, it, they shouldn't be stigmatized for doing that. You should, it should be a non-event. Okay. And one day it will be, and we're talking to guys like you and, and, and getting uh, you know support it will be, but it's an uphill battle, and we need help. Kevin, I, I, I have to get my show to two hours because uh, if this is what you like when you have COVID, what's going to happen when, uh, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you're not under the weather and uh, ready to, to drop dead here? Jeepers, uh, yeah. uh, Kevin, but uh, I, I, I want to thank you. And very seriously, I, I want to keep in touch with you and, and through thank Keith you. and... Let us know how your progress is uh, making, and uh, we're, we're going to keep talking about you moving forward, and, and we'll put Justin in touch with you. And, uh, Thank you. You, you know, together, uh, maybe we can make some things happen and uh, save Thank a you, few sir. lives along the way. We will. We will. We have. We've had, we've had feedback. We have, and it's a big deal, and it's a big difference. And, and we're together, the way we had the buddy system in the military, and we looked out for each other, it's our responsibility as veterans to do it again. And we are making a difference, but we just need help. Well, one one vet at a time, if that's the way we have to do it, Kevin. And uh, you you have a great night, and thank you very much for your service, your family's service. And, uh, you know, we'll keep in touch and look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you, sir, and thanks again for having me. Oh, of course, Kevin. Thank you very much. Greg, I got a quick question for Jenny, just um, bouncing off yeah. What, yeah. what was said. The... Um, is this true? I heard this recently, and I and I wanted to see if I could put some validity to it. That one person who takes their own life affects the lives of 135 other people on average? That is correct. They used to say 25, and I always say that I can blow that away alone with my family because I'm one of ten. And then my husband's family has nine and it affects an entire community. I think Keith said that. Yeah. It, it affects the entire communities. Yeah. So, it, it, yes. It, it sure does. And I think we have to take one more break. Uh, Tim, do we have to take another station break? Why don't we take that now? And we'll be back for some local news and uh, some highlights of things uh, coming up oh, in the next uh, uh, couple of months. But uh, take it away, Timmy. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio here. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I hate to slow the show down now that uh, Kevin's gone. I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, anchor, a life anchor here to 
we, we need uh, <laughs> copious coffee. Uh, uh, I don't know, Wolfie. Uh, what do you think of Kevin, huh? Replaced you and I. We can leave 15 <laughs> minutes early. We don't have to do the last part of the show anymore. We got that on tape, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So, it was great. Wasn't so, it? so after that, we got to lighten this up a little bit because that was a serious part of it. So we're having some fun things, which is basically to trick all the veterans, like Greg said, into getting all the services they earn. So I'm just going to go through a whole list of actually nice, fun stuff. Um, the car show in Hollis, September 17th, and we have the Veteran Expo there. And um, we take over Nantasket Beach as as close always. Close the whole beach. Close the whole road. We close everything and Ma Calvi's going to give a thank you card to every veteran sitting on her Harley hog. Okay, very and, nice. Um, thank you very much. And then Dave Hinker's event. We, I think we have 750 people. That's there's only 600 but Keith ate 150 hot dogs. Close <laughs> 750 <laughs> and the dog ate 20 hot dogs. You better get there early because the dog's going to eat it all on September 23rd. And then That's going to be at the Brockton VA Brockton Hospital. VA Hospital. Yeah. And th I can't wait for this. This is, and she still looks absolutely great. This is a flight attendant from stewardess it was the old days of flight stewardess from pan am who flew the vets in and out of vietnam into uh into all the r and r and all the a so she has pictures and artifacts i can't wait to see all that she's still gorgeous oh my god that's going to be exciting and then on november 3rd coffee we just found he's going to be a hundred years old in november and his ed's name is rebecca and isn't that just what you'd expect from, like, a machine gunner? Rebecca, get the machine gun and all the ammo. He has two oak leaf clusters and three um, stars. What's it? Bronze stars. Bronze stars. From the European theater, the Mediterranean, and the Middle East theater in World War II. Imagine oh. that. So we're going to have him. We're going to honor him. We're going to put on quite a show for that, which, of course, he doesn't want to. But, of course, we're going to do it anyway. And then the boat dedication to Emily Carroll. She was in the Iraq war, didn't come home so hot. And that was really exciting. There were quite a few hundred people on Pempin and Pier. I tried to push, if Keith was there, I would have pushed him off the dock. Sure. But George would have jumped in the in the cemetery. That was the wrong thing. In the submarine. submarine. That's and, Justin. Um, Justin That's would have jumped Justin. in. Justin. What I call him? Jenny, you called him George. George. Yeah, I can't like, help it. No, that's look his at brother. Pete. Let me tell you, Pete. You really. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw. I just. We just had Miss America 1972 at our convention. And, and you she remember was hot. anything. Yeah. And she was in Vietnam several times, but not with Bob Hope. With the Miss oh, America. That's so, oh let me God, tell you that's something. Good. If, if, if that stewardess is anything like Miss America, yes. you're in for a treat. Yes, this was a treat. <laughs> Absolutely go. a treat. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. And then when we were in El Paso, Texas, this poor guy, he was in, in the Iraq War. He survived that. They gave him me oh, to geez. take care of for two weeks oh. in El Paso, Texas. So he was what he feel, he was afraid that he would have to spend more time with me. So he got deployed to South Korea as a Camp Humphreys with a wing um, vigilant um, unit. The third intel battalion over there and he's there for a year so he's over there keeping us safe in south korea so i call him special k so thank you special k over there so this is easy duty after spending two weeks locked in a place with me the poor guy and then uh, he's a good listener of the show he's probably listening to and justin we, he had some dog tags that he had in vietnam we went to everyone went to keith we couldn't find out anyone to do it and now you have the vietnam vets of america that you just met with so so harry's going to send him to that and this this is the fun part. The the my my granddaughter Thuggerina is now Ensign Thuggerina. On her first is am I saying this right? Her first commission. She's on the USS Campbell, you know, deployed and we can't say where. Right. So we're very excited for, for General Thuggerina. There you go. Hey, just follow up on that. Um 
Vietnam veterans out there, if you've got any artifacts, uh, go to VI at VVA.org. Uh, we are trying to locate our veterans as well as the Vietnamese veterans who were killed during the war. It's a joint effort. Uh, one veteran looked at another and said, you killed our friends, we killed yours. We need to look at each other as human beings now and, and come together and find our veterans as well as your veterans. So VI at VVA.org. And we'll have to reach out to Mike Cunningham, uh, yes. our, our resident uh, Vietnam uh, uh, historian. Right. Yeah. And, and he actually had dinner. With the with the North Vietnamese commander right. that blew his sergeant and all of his men up, yeah. they shook hands, they hugged it out, and they knew they were just warriors on the battlefield. But hey, hey Greg, because of the topic, I just want to give a quick shout out to our old friend Chuck Delaney. Oh yeah, we used to end the show with, "Don't do it." Just don't do it, right? His voice used to echo through my mind late at night, and I can tell you, as one comrade to another, he has he physically saved my life one night. So if you heard that tonight or you heard any part of this show, again, dial 988 or just try to get try to get to the VA, man. Just try to get down to your town hall. Keith, I'm sure the VSOs would always make time for someone that has a little bit of a of a of a problem or whatever just walk right in and sit right down and uh they, they'd love to hear your story and that's what they're there for so uh uh jen thanks a lot for coming in tonight and always and helping us be later keith thanks for introducing us to uh to, to kevin uh that's absolutely a, that's a great get and uh uh we're, we're honored to be uh part of uh his uh his network and uh justin welcome back home hey, thank uh, you. Uh, thanks for, for, for going through what you did and uh, uh, for, for still looking out for the vets. Yeah. Uh, Timmy, thank you very much in the engineer and back of the back of the glass. We got Gino keeping us uh, live and healthy and uh, we got uh, Wolfie uh, still waiting for a head and sh shoulders uh, contract that's due any time. Long and loose. There Nancy, we are. Nancy German has a gift for you for Greg for your veterans. Yes. When you go to all your uh, your all your events that you're coming up, you can have those on your table. She prints those herself. I think to date she's handed out over, over 5,000 of those cards. Wow. I'm at the Marshfield Fair for the next 11 days. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll pass these on. They're going to go to great use. Thank you very much, everybody. All have a great week. Take care. W-A-T-T-F-M Marshfield. W-B-M-S Brockton.